These are the seven most common mistakes businesses make on social media and how to fix them. All right, so over the last 11 years, I have edited and approved roughly 15,000 pieces of content for brand social media. In that time, I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, and I wanna share the most common mistakes I see brands making and how you can avoid this or fix it in your own social media. So let's hop in. The biggest mistake and number one on the list is being too self-centered in our posts. So these are essentially posts where a brand is bragging. I think of always the example of, say you're a protein bar company and you just got listed, let's say nationally in Whole Foods and your post goes, you know, we just got listed in Whole Foods and it's a selfie and it's very much a look how great we are type of post. Or what I always think back to is the Saturday Night Live character, a Stewie going, look what I could do, right? Nobody really cares. So instead, the fix for this really is to take that post or that piece of news and put it through the customer's lens. So if you are a protein bar company and you just got listed in the Whole Foods, instead of saying, hey, we just got listed in Whole Foods, something like this might work. If you shop at Whole Foods, look in the snack aisle for our brand. Getting your daily protein just got a little bit easier. Now, what that does is it puts it through the lens of the customer. You wanna get daily protein, and if you shop at Whole Foods, our product will be there to help fulfill the need that you have in your diet or in your grocery shopping. All right, number two, making the audience member jump through hoops to complete a story. So this is when we see brands, they post you know, half of something on Instagram and they say, to get the full thing, click the link in our bio. What happens is you lose half the audience. Imagine if a movie theater did this and you were watching a movie and then 15 minutes into the movie, they said, okay, to finish the movie, you have to go to the theater across the street and go sit down. Well, half the audience would get in their cars and drive away. And the same thing is happening when we think about this from a social media perspective. So what we want to do is create zero click content. This is content that when you are viewing it, you are able to get the full loop of the story closed and completed right there on platform. This is because social media platforms, just like this, if you're watching this on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever, they want us to upload this directly to the platform and you not to leave. They want you to watch it on YouTube, so then afterwards they can serve you advertisements and you can go on your merry way watching more YouTube content. So not only is it gonna be better for the consumer because they're able to get everything they need in one place without friction, you know, a click, two, the platforms are gonna reward your content because it keeps users on the same platform and doesn't incentivize a click off their platform. Number three, using ad creative as organic social. I might catch some flack for this one, but I don't care. This is where brands take their beautiful product photography, really things that should be running as ad creative, as static ads, and they post it to organic social. And what happens is, you know, their feed might look nice and the picture might look nice, but the reach get absolutely destroyed. Nobody engages with it. There is no story. And it is really the antithesis of everything that is organic social right? Instead, what we should do and the way to fix this is to think about organic social as a way to share stories about the brand, about consumers, about the challenge that you're taking on. Do so in maybe a less produced way and then accompany that with ad creative running as ads that are direct to purchase conversion-based ads that really act as they hover around people who've already shown interest in the organic content. So if we think about organic as a place for stories, community, that type of thing, and then beautiful photos, product photography, that should be on our website, that should be on ads that are actually circling around social, that's gonna help your accounts perform better. Number four, letting legal make stylistic changes. All right, any
anyone who's worked in a big company has seen this before. You send off your content for approval to legal. You're expecting, hey, is this compliant? Yes or no. And you get back a rewritten plan because a lawyer who deep down in their heart wanted to be a writer decided today was the day they were going to take control of the marketing strategy based on their opinion, not the law. So to avoid this and to avoid the tension between you and legal, you need to set boundaries with the legal team before you ever send them content. What I would recommend doing is creating a spreadsheet or a calendar, sending the content over with a spreadsheet column that says, is this compliant, you know, Y slash N, so they can just go yes or no, and then adding a notes column. So what you're gonna do is it allows them to quickly approve yes or no, and if they do have any notes, maybe it's a gray area you're touching on, et cetera, they can add it there, but then they're not editing the actual content itself. It is your job as the marketing team to come up with the creative materials, to come up with the strategy, the style, all of that. Legal is there to say yay or nay. Not to say, hey, if you're a lawyer watching this, that you might not have some creative ideas, but when you're getting content sent to you for approval, this is not the space to come with your ideas. That's my two cents. Let the creative team do what they need to do and creative team make sure to set those boundaries. Number five, obsessing over hitting a post quota. Now, I believe all brands should have a decent post frequency that's gonna help you learn a lot. But if you have it in your mind, like I have to get a post out daily or I have to get five posts out and it forces you to send out half done content or content you're not really proud of, you shouldn't do it. And we all know if you're a social media manager, you know when you see that content and you're like, this is going to fall flat. And you know that while you're scheduling it, then you shouldn't even hit schedule. If you were a chef in a restaurant, would you send out half-baked food? No. So having that discussion with your CMO, with your VP of marketing, or maybe, you know, you're directly reporting to the CEO, or maybe you are doing all the marketing. Think about, we want to blend frequency and quality and make sure that we're really finding this nice apex between both, where we're able to create a lot of high quality content and get it out there consistently, but that we're not trying to create a certain number of posts so much that then quality deteriorates. Something I would recommend to help you fix this or to set a proper course is to kind of have a minimum standard for your content. Once you can define that, once the content matches that you create that, you're able to go put that out and see how it performs. The other thing you can do if you feel like you need to have posts that go out daily or you have to hit a quota, go back and use older content that is high quality or has performed in the past three, six months ago and repost that. That's going to be better than putting out new content that isn't really great. And this leads to number six, which this is... <laughs> This is a crime against content everywhere. And that is only posting content one time. If you spend a ton of resources creating a piece of content, researching, filming, putting together the graphics, a blog post, etc., and you only share it once, that is a crime against content. So what we have to do, and to quote my friend Ross Simmons, we want to create once, distribute forever. When we create a piece of content, we need to have a distribution plan for the next three, six, nine, and 12 months. How are we going to share that content? Are we going to turn it into emails that we share once a quarter? Are we going to try to put some of that information into Reddit? Are are we going to create a Twitter thread? What are we going to do and how often? Because us as the marketer will get tired of the materials long before the consumer does. So take that piece of content that you invested in creating and invest in distributing it. And lastly, number seven, having too much jargon in our content. Look, we want to be seen as professionals, but the key is to be understood. And to do that, we have to make sure that we are communicating really as simply as possible. This is going to help get our message out to as many people, and it's going to help us be clearly understood. A lot of companies make the mistake of using super dense sentences or putting a bunch of jargon into a caption. And honestly, they lose me right away. They'll lose their customer right away as we tune out and go to the next post. People aren't coming to social media 
media for a research paper. They're coming to quickly be entertained, educated, empowered. So we need to do that by keeping our language as simple as possible while still drilling home the point that we are trying to in the post. All right, that's it. Those are the seven mistakes that I see brands make in social and how to fix them. If you like this, guys, please do me a favor, hit that like and subscribe. I know I'm sounding like one of these YouTuber guys now, but that's the truth. This is the only way that we this video gets out to more people. I appreciate y'all and I will see you next time.